Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, Armorall, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every 20 you spend on Armorall products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at armorall.com. Armorall, less work, more clean. Terms apply. Hi, I'm Marcus, and I support Gen X Grown Up through Patreon. You can too by visiting patreon.com slash genxgrownup. Gen X Grown Up is a YouTube channel website and audio podcast you're listening to right now. All made for and by people who love exploring media, games, tech, and toys of yesterday and today through the eyes of Gen Xers who refuse to grow up. Your dinner cannot just be french fries. Basically, life sucks as a grown-up. Welcome back, Gen X Grown Up podcast listener, to this episode 141 of the Gen X Grown Up podcast. I am John. Joining me as always, of course, is George. Hey, how's it going, guys? Hey, man. Wouldn't be a show without Mo. Hey, Mo. Hey, everybody. In this show, we'll listen to a bite-sized daily podcast that just might be your new reliable source for news, test drive the latest improvements in the new version of Android Auto, and then shuffle it up a bit with some premium playing cards <laughs> with the ability to improve any card game. We'd have those stories and many more coming your way later in this show. But first, it is time for what is always my favorite part of the show, fourth listener email. Look, there's three of us. There's me, there's George, there's Mo. We'll listen. If anybody else does, we assume that's the fourth listener. And there was at least one. Luckily, this last episode, oh, it was Tom W. Oh, phew. <laughs> yeah. Woo, we did it. We got it. <laughs> Otherwise, me and George have to fake uh, emails again and write in. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot we used to do that. Yeah, right. Dear John, your awesome show was great. Tell George hi. Right? Just... <laughs> <laughs> okay, Mo made his email. Awesome. Yeah, well done. <laughs> uh, and I'm guessing not, this is neither of you. It actually says it's from Tom W. And he contacted us on Facebook. So if you let you guys own up, I'm going to assume it's a genuine fourth list. It's a genuine one, I'm sure. Hi, Tom. Uh, he contacted us again via Facebook and said, Hi, Gen Xers. I just heard your police synchronicity episode. Okay. Nice. So, as someone who was a young guy in the army, age 20, when Synchronicity came out, mm -hmm. I remember it blasting from the boom boxes and car stereos of every white guy in the <laughs> barracks at the time. LOL. Wow. Was that a segregated barracks? Jesus, why does he have to call it out like that? I'm not sure. I don't know. Maybe <laughs> I, I'm going to let Tom just own it. I don't know what that means exactly, but that was his experience. And you know what? Embrace it. Uh, he goes on to say, I love the idea of you guys covering iconic albums from the salad days of the Gen X era. I look forward to you guys adding this to your backtrack episodes. Signed, Tom W. Cool. That was a lot of fun doing that episode, actually. I really enjoyed it. I did, too. I, and we've had a lot of people reach out. I think we had last week or two, we had somebody contact. We have this one and an email that I just got in for the next episode also about synchronicity. So nice. it definitely resonated and we're doing our job. <laughs> we, we invoke <laughs> memories for you and you want to write in. Awesome. Just like Tom did. Thank you, Tom, for writing in. We're thrilled that you enjoyed the synchronicity episode. I think amongst us, we've chatted a little. We're going to do more of them. I think music is an yeah. underserved part of our back catalog and something we're looking to do more of going forward. So we're happy you enjoyed it. If you would like your email featured here on the show, like Tom's, it's drop dead easy. You can hit us up on Facebook like he did or fire off an email to podcast at genxgrownup.com. Look, we read every single one and most of them, like Tom's, will eventually make the show. All right. With that good business behind us, it's time then to jump into the body of episode 141 right after this. Stick around. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Be sure to subscribe to or follow Gen X Grown Up wherever you listen. And while you're there, rate and review the show too. It helps more than you know. When it's time to close your bag, are you going to rely on something wimpy or something hefty? Hefty, hefty, hefty. Wimpy, wimpy, wimpy. Hefty. The cinch sack from Hefty. Fill it up and it closes up. Reopen it and put in more. Hefty, hefty, hefty. Want a bag that'll close every time? Then don't send a wimpy bag to do a hefty job. <laughs> the amazing cinch sack from Hefty. Well, let's kick it off right here at the top, as we always do, talking about media we have been checking out. Now, of course, mm-hmm. this could be film or music or comics or books or whatever it is. Uh, and Mo, I'm curious to know what you have been checking out in media. So it's not new media, but it's new stuff okay. happening on it. So if that makes sense. Um, so we're all we all were a big fan of The Daily Show when John Stewart was host, right? I mean, I know mm-hmm. we all. Mm-hmm. It's it one of those few shows I listen to pretty much every day. Every time it was on, I watched it. In the John Stewart days, for sure. Yeah. John Stewart days, for sure. Then Trevor Noah took over, and you know he was okay, but didn't have the same pull to me. There's something. John yeah, there was a, did. Yeah. I enjoyed Trevor Noah quite he a bit. Was okay. I think he was I liked fine. him more yeah. than John Stewart, truthfully. Oh, okay. Really? Well, okay. For me, yeah. it's just he didn't have the same pull for some reason. So, but he left the show recently. I'm sure everyone's aware of that. And so what they've been doing lately is that they've been having guest hosts come in. Oh, I didn't know that. And they're all like super established comedians. So like they just went through the first five. Uh Leslie Jones was host, Wanda Sykes. Okay. DJ Hughley, mm-hmm. uh, Chelsea Handler, and they just finished Sarah Silverman. She just finished her. Oh, stint. yeah. And they all sucked. Really? Did I, they? I Sarah oh, my was pretty God. Good. They were awful. <laughs> yeah, I didn't think so. I thought they were pretty good. But anyway, no. that's one. I was just about to say, I got to go watch the Sarah Silverman ones. But yeah, Sarah oh, Silverman no. was the second best out of the ones for me. <laughs> but they all sucked, according to George. <laughs> I liked them, actually. I thought they were pretty good. And they all kind of threw a little, their approach was all a little different, but I thought it was pretty good. Mm-hmm. And then, so now they have the next five, and I don't know if this is the end or not, but these are the next okay. five coming up, which is um, Hassan Minaj, which is kind of a coming home for him since he started on that show. Right. Let's see. Uh, Al Franken is going to be on it. Uh, Marlon Wayans. Cal Penn, <laughs> which I think could be good. You've got an audible out of George. Yeah, Cal Penn and John Leguizamo, <laughs> believe it or not. Right, so three of those I will be interested in. So Hassan Minaj is my choice. That's the guy I'd like to become the permanent host. But Really? Okay. I'd, I'd be interested in John Leguizamo and- mm-hmm. There was somebody else you had in that list too. Cal Penn. Cal Penn. Cal Penn. That was the other guy. I'd be interested to see yeah. him because he has some real political ties since he was in the White oh, House yeah. for a while. Yeah. Well, so does Franken actually. But but you yeah. know he just he's a little bit too abrasive, I think, for that kind of yeah. show. I can't imagine Franken being long term. I think some of them are definitely doing it just for exposure, mm-hmm. and some are doing it as like an audition. Uh, like, I can't picture like Sarah Silverman stopping her career and doing the show full time necessarily. Right. But some of these others like are already either doing political shows or not doing much right now. 
now or you know this could be interesting to them so it'll be interesting to see where this comes out but I, i've really enjoyed just watching the different hosts and just kind of their sort of takes and what they do on the show i remember when uh things when stewart took a, a hiatus and that's when john mm-hmm. oliver stepped in and just yeah. blew the doors mm-hmm. off of it to the point where he went on to have his own show on, on hbo now which is amazing but yeah of the ones you've seen so far is there a front runner that you hope will become i mean george kind of said the first guy coming back in the next batch but do you have somebody that you're interested in that you've seen already you'd hope gets a job i mean i like chelsea handler i liked hers was pretty good and i thought sarah silverman was pretty good mm-hmm. um the other guys they did okay like dj hughley was okay but i don't know again it's just that missing something that just i didn't feel like oh i want to watch him every day kind of thing to me it felt like he was not able to read the lines that he had already forgotten as they hit the teleprompter <laughs> That's not good for that kind of host. <laughs> it, yeah, and yeah. one thing I found out from doing some research is that each of these hosts apparently has input on the show that they do that week, like who the guests are, what they want to talk about. So mm-hmm. it's not like they're just like, oh, here's, you know, throwing a script. I mean, they're actually being part of the creative process of creating a show that they're week. in the writer's room. They're participating. OK, yeah. so they're kind of kind of owning yeah, it a little Silverman bit. Silverman mentioned that in the last episode. Yeah. She said they asked her if you could pick your favorite guest mm-hmm. of all, just mm-hmm. like the craziest the dream out there guest, guest yeah. that's alive. Who would you pick? And she picked Kareem Abdul-Jabbar and they got him for her last show. And they got him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. That's awesome for her and for the show. Oh, yeah. She was, she was like, she was totally geeking out on him too. I think <laughs> was, I have to go and cute. watch her episodes. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think it's actually making me watch the show regularly again, just because it's interesting to see how each host does their take on it. We're in a transition. That's always an interesting yeah. time. Yeah. For any, any franchise, of course. Cool. You know, and of course, you know, I said, I think, I love the show, so I'm hoping that they get a host that could kind of bring it back and bring it back to its kind of its heyday again, you know, which mm-hmm. I think they can. Nice. Yeah. So how about you, George? What do you got for us? Well, so I also picked a news topic for media, which is really weird that we both did <laughs> yeah. in the same podcast. Oh God, it wasn't informed. planned at all. <laughs> uh, for me, news is always more intelligently delivered when it has a British accent. And That's fair. They're smarter <laughs> in than us, obviously. Case, there is a podcast that is on our parent production distribution group called mm-hmm. Evergreen. Mm-hmm. Right. And I found this podcast from one of our children podcasts, Turnbuckles and Territories, which is ah. a child of Gen X Grown Up, which you're listening to right now. And this podcast <laughs> is called Five Minute News. Now, tell me anybody who can get five call-outs in one sentence for one group of podcasts. <laughs> you didn't mention the Discord server, George, at any point oh. throughout that. I, you haven't let me finish. I just finished one sentence. <laughs> Pause mid-fray. Okay, fair enough. Yeah. <laughs> now, so this is a show called Five Minute News. It's it's partnered with us through Evergreen. Uh, I don't think they're an original Evergreen podcast. I think they're one of the partners like we are, mm-hmm. but it is exactly what it says. It's five minutes worth of news delivered uh, five days a week, each morning, Monday through Friday. I found it and I listened to the first one on a Saturday and I was really disappointed because I was like, oh crap, there's not another one tomorrow because they only <laughs> do it Monday through Friday. Mm-hmm. But the thing that I'm most appreciative of, it's not an opinion newscast. Mm. It is just simply the facts of what happened on two or three different subjects. Mm. It casts no judgments or anything of that nature. There's no politicizing or saying, you know, this party is better than that party if it's a political piece. And there's no like this person did something wrong and they're a horrible human being. It's none of that Mm -hmm. stuff. It's just Mm -hmm. here's the facts. Here's what happened. And here are the things we know about this situation right now. Like, obviously, this week they've been covering the earthquakes in Syria and Turkey quite a bit. They've covered some of the stuff going on with some of the lawsuits out of Georgia about the previous election. Mm -hmm. 
they've covered, I don't know, four or five different topics throughout the week. It's usually two or three in each episode, but it's five minutes. I set up my pocket cast app so that I get a little alert when the episode downloads to my phone. Mm -hmm. And I listen to that before I even start my work day. Oh, so do they do the same story that they cover day by day or they pick different stories each day? It's different stories each day, okay. but some stories, as they're still yeah. in the news cycle, get sure. multiple pickups. Of course, still continuing. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Like the earthquakes yeah. in Turkey. Like oh, yeah. the first day, it was like, you know, 5,000 people have died at this yeah. point. And then the next day, it was 30,000 people. It's crazy. And then, you know, horrible. It's not just all bad news. There yeah. are some <laughs> nice <laughs> news good. pieces mm-hmm. to it. Like with the earthquakes, they talked about, you know, some of the people that have been rescued after being trapped under mm-hmm. the rubble for a long time, which is, mm-hmm. it's a horrible situation, but at least it makes you feel a little bit better like okay something positive Mm -hmm. has happened so it's a good solid little news show back to the way that news used to be when i was a kid (laughs) Mm -hmm. yeah Yeah. you know it's i appreciate something like that and as soon as you mentioned it uh, i saw that you were planning to talk about it i went out the link i've already subscribed to it to check it out i listened to Mm -hmm. one episode and i'm like this is clean this is brief this is to the point uh, and I was actually analyzing closely if there's any bias. And I'm looking for like little adjectives where somebody could say, mm, right. you know, the person versus the disgraced person. And I'm like, mm-hmm. well, that I guess if you can empirically prove they were disgraced, maybe. But the point is, I was digging in and I had a hard time finding the bias yeah. necessarily. So even if someone doesn't replace their news with this, I think regardless of your political leanings, if you add this to your diet of news to hear what it sounds like down the middle without the bias, I think it might help to color and inform yeah. better. And that's good. And most importantly, as you said, he is British, which super helps. (laughs) Absolutely. That's the best part of the podcast. I mean, if you hear news coming from somebody like, I don't know, Jon Stewart, as we were talking about, the American accent, it sounds different than when it's a traditional upright with the tie on British newscaster. Yeah. (laughs) Walter Cronkite. His voice is pretty good. It's pretty good. His voice was good, but he's fucking dead. The British, yeah, so I know with you. We can't I'm with do you. anything about Imagine that. if he were British. Oh, what if Walter Cronkite were British? Oh my God. Oh, Cron- <laughs> British Cronkite. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and John, the thing that you wanted to talk about in media, I also looked at before we started the podcast. Mm-hmm. I just finished this movie last night. I was very upset because my wife, when we came over there to visit you in Jacksonville, uh-huh. she went ahead and watched this movie from my Plex server without me, even though she had forced me not to watch it when it first came oh out. Oh my God. Goodness, that is a that, that is a marriage oh, foul. That is not yeah, allowed. That is a, that's definitely a, a penalty. If there. you agree to hold something and you watch it without the other, I mean, yeah, yeah. you have grounds for going to buy an expensive toy or something. Now, I think you have recompense they, exactly coming your right. way. Yes. <laughs> what I want to talk about was a film that I think just hit theaters a couple of weeks ago, and I did see it in the theaters, though it's streaming on Apple Plus now. And it's a new film called Plane, starring Gerard mm-hmm. Butler and oh, Mike yeah. Coulter. Okay. And I remember when I saw the trailer for this film, it looked cool to me. And I also was very frightened of what it might be because Mm -hmm. I thought it would follow. It looked like a 90s disaster action movie based on the trailer. Just there were things about it that, look, I saw this plane going down and I Mm -hmm. saw there was a (laughs) there was like this con air, like a twist of lime in there because there was a a, a prisoner who was being transported. That's Mm -hmm. the Mike Coulter character. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, oh, we're gonna have bad guys on the plane and things like that. And they go down and then you see like this jungle full of guerrilla fighters out there. And I'm like, oh, is it going to turn into, you know, like a big Rambo fest in the middle? Every fear I had about this movie was unfounded and did not come to fruition. Oh. And all the things I hoped for this movie were better than I expected. 
The really? acting was better than I expected. Okay. The pacing was better than I expected. Here's the premise. Gerard Butler is a well-experienced, long-time tenured, with a little bit of a checkered background, but amazing commercial airline pilot. Mm-hmm. He's flying this thing, a, a lightly populated plane. I think there's 20 people on it or something. I don't remember. but And one of them is a prisoner who's being transported. And they're like, you don't want to burn fuel. Just fly straight through that storm. You'll be fine. Well, <laughs> they fly straight through the storm. To try to save money, and they're not fine. They get struck by lightning, and they're downed in a very dangerous region where there's no law, there's no military, other than these guerrilla military terrorist-type people who just can't wait to get a hold of everybody. So for me, one of the things that I loved the most about the movie, and literally, I just watched it less than 24 hours ago. (laughs) Yeah. It showed a behind-the-scenes part of airplane travel that you don't get to see a lot in other movies. You get to see sometimes, you know, the people in the cockpit and maybe Mm -hmm. the pilots get shot or held hostage or something. And that's about it. What I really liked about this one was they showed everything that the pilots go through from walking into a place and meeting each other and sitting down and going over Mm -hmm. the flight ahead of time. This is stuff that I, I guess I should have known happened, but it just never (laughs) registered with me all the way to the point when John was talking about fly straight through the storm. That's not their call. They're two pilots. It's sitting in the plane mm-hmm. and some corporate schmuck comes in Pencil and says, no, we need to save nerd. fuel yeah. so you guys can fly through it. No problem. Yeah. And of course, that's what causes the disaster. Mm-hmm. I will say I was slightly disappointed about one thing, John, not mm. terribly, but just a little bit. To me, the editing felt a little haphazard. It felt like that maybe... More than one person, which I know happens, you know, you have a a senior editor and sub editors beneath them, but it felt like maybe too many editors had the senior decisions in some places. Didn't think about it, but you're right. Some portions felt like a motion picture and some portions felt like a music video and not always cleanly. I know what you mean. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. So, I mean, I have not watched it yet. Um, Okay. It's queued up. I'm ready to watch it. Uh, But I've had like reservations about watching it just because from looking at the trailer, I'm like, oh, is this going to be another one? They crash land. Turns out the pilot's an ex-commando and he was able to get guns. I mean, that's Mm -hmm. what I I pictured in my head when I saw the trailer. So you should definitely watch it. And for the very reason that your concern is unfounded. So in fact, everything that they could have turned up to 11, they only put it up to eight or nine. Yes. That's a great way of putting it. To keep things believable. So like, yes, he has a background. He's not a super Rambo commando or anything. He just, he's aware of how to use a gun. Right. Okay. We get to see some other things. We get to see his family who are concerned that his plane is gone. Mm -hmm. They don't waste a lot of time there. They spend just the right amount of time doing those things and you get to see them. You get to see the people back at the airline who are dealing with mitigation of this disaster. Like prepare all the press releases for everything from we found them to they're all dead. Be ready. You go on air and you do this. They bring in basically the wolf from Pulp Fiction. They bring that guy in (laughs) who deals with those disasters. And even the going out in the jungle and fighting, it's not like a whole bunch of sneak up behind you in the mud with an arrow through your throat. Yeah, it's like, yeah, he didn't, it's just, yeah. it's kind of absolutely by the, the skin of your teeth, just kind of making mm-hmm. it. And it's much more believable that way. It's okay. awesome. Okay. Yeah. There were, there's only like maybe one thing that I would, would have said was, okay, that's pushing a little far guys. Like there's a scene where Gerard Butler's character is trying to attempt a phone call from this burned out building <laughs> that he finds. Yes. And he finds the telecommunications box right next to the phone. Okay. All right, <laughs> fine. I'll, I'll give you that one. Let's say that that's where it happened to be. I know where you're going. But then he yep. like within 10 seconds finds the exact two wires in a box full of wires that he needs to connect for this phone <laughs> to be able to dial long distance from an Island in the Philippines. And I know this 
place very well because my wife has told me about it for years. Mm-hmm. So everything that they talk about in the movie about this island basically being a lawless, ungoverned place is mm-hmm. absolutely accurate. hundred percent. Is it? Okay. This is the yeah. place where, you know, John, there's the one scene where they discover that camera. I'm not mm-hmm. going to give it away because yeah, I don't yeah. want to spoil Certainly. it for anybody. That's an actual event that actually happened on oh. that group of islands. Oh my. Wow. Yeah. It's very, very sad and scary. I was happy that they incorporated real things mm-hmm. into this movie like that. I just, I love the fact that Gerard Butler, who's widely known for the has fallen films, you know, the mm-hmm. Olympus mm-hmm. has fallen, angel has fallen, all that stuff where he's that super, you know, secret service, you know, I can right. kill 700 guys at once kind mm-hmm. of thing. That's not what he was in this matter no. of fact, he no. was fucking up left and right and almost got himself and everybody else killed about 20 times. I like Gerard Butler more after seeing this film than I ever mm-hmm. did before. He was a reason I almost didn't want to see it because he's always really? that same okay. guy. Not that I don't like yeah. him, but I'm like, I've seen that movie. You know, like I've, yeah, I've already seen it. No big deal. But in this case, there's some MacGyvering going on of things that, you know, you're tra- you got to get him to work. You know, yes, you have to suspend a little disbelief, but so much of it is, as I said, not dialed up to maximum, but put to a, mm-hmm. a fun, exaggerated point that makes it for a fun movie. And the pacing is such that you get to see all the cool things you thought you'd see and they never get old in a effectively a throwback 90s action movie. It was, it, okay. I thought it was spectacular for a, just a fun afternoon watch. It's something, it's hard to go wrong. So Mo, don't skip it. I won't skip it. <laughs> yeah. I thought he did the thing, John, that you and I talked the other day about Liam Neeson hasn't been able to do. I've got a special set of skills. <laughs> if you don't do what I say, yeah. I'm going to come kill that you one after note. taking my dog. Yeah. Yeah. Liam Neeson, since that day, has been in that same fucking role in every mm. movie he's been, whether it's a wolf that's attacking him or whether it's a bank robber <laughs> group or whatever it is. But Gerard Butler, who could have been typed cast in this thing in that same role mm-hmm. absolutely went the other way with it or the writers did or the casting i don't know who did but, but it, it worked out really really well you know cool. acting like an actor's supposed to do right different roles <laughs> oh <my> of personality <laughs> another day is here and you're ready for it what to wear check breakfast lunch and dinner check planning for what's next and how to save for it that's where bank of america can help for your financial to-dos bank of america has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. You're listening to Gen X Grown Up. But if you have a friend who's not yet listening, why not? Tell them about us. They'll thank you later. This commercial is recorded in stereo. Does your TV have what it takes to hear it? Now Zenith introduces the smart sets with the television stereo sound Zenith invented, built in. So all you have to do to hear this in stereo is this. Zenith Advanced System 3, 19 models with built-in stereo. The smart sets, smarter than ever. I'm going to kick us off with Tekken Toys this time because I have a toy. Um, all right. You know, we're all Lego fans, right? You know, we've all mm-hmm. built mm-hmm. multitudes of Lego stuff. So my son, actually, I didn't even know these existed for my birthday. <laughs> he bought me a Lego. They have a botanical collection. Now. Yes. Uh, I've seen some of these. And he bought me the orchid one, the Lego orchid. It's cool. I don't know what to say about it. It's, I mean, I, all Legos, I mean, pretty much all Legos are cool for the most part, right? But this one, though, the whole collection, they just look so good. I don't know if you guys, if you can't chance, you'll definitely check out the links and stuff I'm putting in here. And this orchid, which looks very simple, like you look at the model, 
It's mm-hmm. six hundred pieces. Six hundred wow. pieces for a f- oh, several flowers. Not just it's a it's a uh, no like three. It's an arrangement. Oh, is it three? No, oh. no, no. It's like three flowers, like three hmm. stalks coming up. Yeah, I'm looking at the picture. It. it looks like a traditional orchid setup where it's yeah. like one or two stalks and just the flowers that coming off of those. Mm-hmm. Yeah, six hundred eight pieces. So it's it's not like a oh just throw it together really quick. I mean, it's there's a little bit to this which makes it kind of fun as well. Mm-hmm. So it's not like oh I'm gonna throw it together like those little cars or something like that. You know? Okay. Yeah. yeah. With three flowers, 600 plus pieces, I worry about the build experience with Lego. So anytime you have three of something, four of something, you know, Mm -hmm. is there, what's the build experience like? Is it repetitious? Because you're kind of doing this flower and then we're doing the same flower again, the same flower. What was that like? How'd you find it? I mean, it it is a little bit. Okay. Because like the stalks are all like the same green ones you got to put up, but they have some that are angled and stuff. So you got to be careful Mm -hmm. which ones you Mm -hmm. use. The flowers, they're all different, like individual, but similar build construction for each mm-hmm. one like okay. it was not a difficult build by any stretch right. but as it, it comes with a little pot too i mean so it's it's a whole thing and you know <laughs> i got my little case where i put my nice legos and that's going to go in it with nice light under it and the whole mm-hmm. you know the whole shebang mm-hmm. i was going to ask you because i think the one that caught my eye in this collection was a bonsai tree oh i saw that one oh, i've seen yeah. that yeah, yeah right yeah it looked really nice since you did this one two mm-hmm. questions number one did you use the lego app that i happened to mention when i yeah. was talking about building since stuff you brought before? it up i went right to it <laughs> did you okay did it work well for this oh, build? it was amazing this, that, that i was app wondering is about like, the- I, I never opened the instruction book i just <laughs> used the app and, all of it. <laughs> and now that you have done this one in this mm-hmm. series does it make you want to get the others in the group there's some like the bonsai tree intrigues me so that mm-hmm. one for sure mm-hmm. i want to get a couple of the others but i don't know if i'm gonna get like all of them i, I don't feel the need to collect mm-hmm. all of them but there's definitely like the bonsai tree for sure, which is one I would like to get my hands on. So was it like so overwhelmingly awesome that I got to collect them all Pokemon style. No, no. You just, but you would buy others if they interested you. Like, Oh, absolutely. Huh. Okay. Cool. Nope. So that's what I have. So how about you, George? What you got for us this week? Well, I think I've talked about it. I don't remember if I've mentioned it this year or not, but I know I talked about it last year. I found that thing called the quest calendar, which is the single player mm. Dungeons and Dragons daily calendar game. Oh yes. yes, yes, yes. Throughout the whole year. Mm-hmm. Uh, last year, it was definitely very heavy Dungeons and Dragons themed. It was, you know, you've got a guy, he's got hit points, all that stuff. This year, it's the same kind of mechanisms, but you're in science fiction area. So you're in space and you're on a ship. And so there's extra elements to the game. You not only have to take control of your character, but also you have to do stuff with the ship and you have extra things of inventory. You have a crew that you have to work with. You're not the captain. You're just a person who got hired, which is nice. (laughs) But the part that they released after the calendar already got to us this year, which was really nice, they finally did a mobile app for the calendar. Oh, okay. Hmm. Okay. Last year, I had to keep everything in this grease pen style book that they gave <laughs> where you could use like one of those little dry erase markers and you mm-hmm. could write your stats in it. And when they leveled up, you had to put a different page up and transfer all your stats over to the new page. Oh, okay. And that was fine and it was fun and it was nice to hold it, but there were some... There were some things that were lacking, like, for instance, whenever your character would get a new piece of equipment, like a set of gloves or a belt or something, you had to literally either cut up your calendar (laughs) because that's what it was printed on. And I didn't want to do that because I wanted to play it again. Mm -hmm. Or you had to print out the pages from PDF downloads that they got and you had to size them just right so that you could cut them out and stick them with tape to the page. Arts and crafts stuff. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, that, that sounds like a bit much. 
I don't think I made the connection until just a second ago that the Quest Calendar app is not a substitute for the Quest Calendar. This is like a companion app. Is that right? So you still it work is. with the calendar? Okay. So it makes it easier to do yeah, what you were doing. It's a substitute for the material that you have to use to keep track of your gameplay. I play. see. Yep. The thing that I really like about it is... Now I don't have to print out a whole bunch of PDF pages to cut out those little things. Right. I don't have to worry that the dry erase accidentally got erased when I put the book away until the <laughs> next day, because that did happen a few times. It's all contained in the app. There's sections on there for your character, for the ship part. Uh, there's inventory. There's all the places for you to keep track of all your stats and everything. There's even a note section in it. There's an automatic mm. dice roller in there. So if you need to roll dice oh. and you don't have any dice, there's one of those in there. So okay. it's, a, mm-hmm. it's a really well-built app. Nice. So where do you get the calendar? Where do you get this? So the calendar I have found each year on Kickstarter. Ah, uh, mm. okay. Okay. I found it the first year. It got suggested to me from one of the Kickstarter emails that I get every now and then. Mm-hmm. And then last year, you might remember remember when I talked about it in, I think, March area, maybe April, there was a page in that year's calendar, in 2022's calendar, when I tore the previous page off, it said, hey, our new Kickstarter launches today. Go over to this link (laughs) and sign up and you get a discount. (laughs) That was printed in the last page of the old one. That's genius marketing. Not the last page. On the day it launched. On the the calendar. That's smart. Yeah. Like (laughs) on the day of the launch. And of (laughs) course, that was the day that they launched it, which was perfect timing. That's fine planning. That's great. Yes. Yeah. So it got me to buy. I actually bought two because at the time I thought I was going to be in the office and at home and I was going to play it in both places. But now that I'm working remote, only needed one, so I gave it to my son. One other thing that I really like about the app, and then we'll move on, is the one thing that they tell you is you can play it as just one character, or mm-hmm. you can replay it as multiple characters. Well, when you're using those books and those pages, multiple characters is difficult, but on the app, not so much. Each character is their own entry inside the app, so you oh, just say, okay, "Okay, I'm playing as this That's character cool. right now." Resolve the day's events, then you back, go back, and resolve the other characters. Well, you can play them the simultaneously, day. like you could play you both can. those characters oh, each day. Cool, so you get even yeah. more out of it. Uh, Exactly. Way less work than even one character used to be. That's smart. Yep. Nice. It's a lot, a lot of fun. Just what you needed. Something to make your addiction even more attractive. Yeah. (laughs) But at least I'm getting my D&D fix, which is nice. You are. Yes. That's pretty cool. All right. Now, John's going to talk about one of his $40,000 tech and toy investments Uh. at this point, (laughs) ladies and gentlemen. And he's going to talk about the one that he knows pisses me off because... I don't have a device that can use this piece of tech. Because you gave away your $40,000 piece of equipment to your son. That's not fair. (laughs) It's a little fair. It's a little fair. Well, I want to talk about Android Auto. This is the Android version of what? Apple CarPlay that Mm -hmm. you get in your car and you plug it in. We've talked about it in the past or how cool it is and updates and things like that. I talked about a wireless version that we have now. Every time they do an update to Android Auto, you have to squint really hard to see it. Like, what, what did they change? What's what's different? It's kind of incremental, you know, which is fine. Okay. That's that's okay. But that means they're not really growing. They're just fixing bugs kind of. And oh, we, we change the font to make it slightly less serif. Or, you know, there's little stuff like that that they do. <laughs> but now, mid last year, they had said this new version of Android Auto, nicknamed Cool Walk, which is the, the production name for it, is going to okay. be released by middle of the year. And then it's by the fall. And then it's by Christmas. And here we are, February. Okay, typical. Yeah. It, it just kept getting delayed. And everything I saw about it looked fascinating. Well, Maybe a week ago or so, I was uh, sitting home and I got a text message from my daughter that said, hey, I got the new update. Neener, neener, because I hadn't yet gotten it. (laughs) 
<laughs> she uses it in her car as well. Uh, I was jealous, but then maybe two days later, it popped on my car. So you don't have to do anything to do it. It just automatically gets there. So uh, now I know anyone that doesn't already use Android Auto, very briefly, the function of it is it's like a HUD for your car. It's maps, it's music, all the stuff you would have in your phone that you would plug in Bluetooth. It transmits that information in a unified layout on the screen of your car. If I know, George, if you have a car with a screen that supports this sort of thing. <laughs> Goddamn 2007. I know. It replaces the GPS. <laughs> it replaces all kinds of things. What they've done to improve it, though, is actually quite a bit. So they've changed this static kind of boxy layout to what they call cards. So these little rounded corners, and you could swipe them on and off the screen, depending on where, like if you're in North America versus you're in Europe, it knows which side of the steering wheel are on. So it puts the map card on your side of the car. So it's close to mm. you. They moved the music to its own beautiful card that uses a new service to pull down actual accurate cover art for everything you listen to. Yeah. It uh, now has shortcuts to the bottom. To the, You can go to recently launched apps. Uh, they have seekable progress bar. If you're listening to your music or a podcast, I wish you could scrub, you know, two minutes down, but you had to hit next, next, next a million times. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Now you can actually drag the search bar right on your screen. There are so many things that make it a way more mature okay. interface for Android Auto. Uh, if you've not taken a look at it in general, or you looked at it before and you thought it wasn't for you, it's way more advanced now this latest cool walk update. And I found myself enjoying it way more than I did before all anew. I don't know if it's related to your Android auto update, but okay. I've noticed the last like week or so with my new uh, T-Mobile phone, Samsung 22, whatever it is, mm-hmm. whenever I've plugged it into my car, my car has no smarts whatsoever. Like I said, 2007 yeah. Kia Optima, nothing in it. Mm-hmm. But I don't know if my phone recognizes because I'm traveling at speed. It tends to put itself in an Android auto kind of interface on my Driving phone. mode. Yes, yes. Yeah. Yeah, indeed. And so it kind of feels a little bit like what you're describing, not the full experience that you're getting, mm-hmm. like with the yep. tabs and the drag and all that kind of stuff. But I have noticed that. And it, it dawned on me that I was kind of curious if anybody knows or if it's been invented yet, because I I always thought it would be a good idea. They've gone to great lengths to put this operating software on the cars, built-in computers, and in Mm -hmm. these radios Mm -hmm. and stuff. Why not just have a fucking dock that sits in your dashboard, and when you slide your phone into it, your phone is the screen of that radio, and it's automatically plugged in. Why not just Mm -hmm. do it like that for the people who like throwing an iPad or something? Yeah. 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 So you look like you have a Tesla. You got a giant iPad or screen something. Well, just like the old, uh, remember back in the day, the old radios that you would pop the face off to take mm-hmm. it with you so somebody oh, wouldn't steal so your it. Your phone's the face, you're saying. Yeah. Your phone is the face. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Why not just do that? I, I guess it just comes down to car makers agreeing on a single thing because there'd be half of them mm. on Apple, half of them on Android. But yeah, sure. Yeah. You know, some of the new features you'll probably see, George, even though you're not using Android Auto, are improvements to Google Assistant. Uh, things like smart okay. suggestions, reminding you of missed calls, a quick way to share your arrival time with people. You used to could do that if you dug into the menu mm. uh, and, and more immediate access to your recents. Uh, and even on the, on the individual cards, you got to swipe the cards because you can see there's a couple of dots because there's like three pages mm. to the card. It's uh. really really more mature. And I expect you're right. Some of the things you're seeing in your car, that driving mode came along for the ride with the improvements they made to Android Auto and the intelligence that Google is putting into the driving experience-ish stuff that that they use with their operating (laughs) system. I just wanted to let me verbally tell it on Google Maps when there's a goddamn speed trap. So they have to dig it into menus. Yeah. 
Right. But that's, I mean, every time I'm driving, it says, oops, speed trap here. And the mm-hmm. cop was there like an hour ago, but then he yeah. pulled somebody over and now he's two miles down the road. And I want to be able to, as I'm driving, hands on my steering wheel, say, hey, Google, it's the gone. speed trap is here now. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think they're pulling that data from Waze because Google purchased Waze, mm. but they haven't yet merged all the functions. So I think the data is coming yeah. from an app that you can't manipulate the data in, but you could uh, if you were using Waze, maybe. I like the integration Google Maps, so I haven't tried it, but that's probably why. That'd be another great feature, right? Mm. Hey, Google, there's a, oh no, I just, oh no, I said it. No, no, sorry. (laughs) All my devices are talking. (laughs) Shut up. No, no. (laughs) But you say, hey, whoever you are device, there's a, there's a hazard in the road or there's a, there's a broke down vehicle or whatever. That would be great. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry, listener. If you had it on speaker, it's probably talking to your device. Yeah. (laughs) Damn it. I'm Ken Harbaugh, host of Warriors in Their Own Words, a podcast that presents the unvarnished, unsanitized truth of what we have asked of those who defend this nation. As a country, we need these stories more than ever. Stories from Americans who have borne the battle, including 30-year-old remastered interviews with veterans from World War I recounting their time in the trenches of Europe, and with veterans from World War II, Korea, Vietnam, and from our most recent conflicts in Iraq, Afghanistan, and other battlefields Americans may never have heard of. Hear their stories by listening to Warriors in Their Own Words wherever you find podcasts. Each episode of Gen X Grown Up has show notes loaded with links where you can learn more about our topics. And there's even more to see and hear over at GenXGrownUp.com. Introducing the Diet Soft Drink with real juice, Diet Slice with 100% NutraSweet. We got the juice and acid blast, a burst of taste in every glass. We got the juice, we got the twist, we got what's right in 7 up a miss. 10% real juice. We got the juice, we got the splash, Diet Slice. We got the taste that no one has on ice. Got the juice and icy blast, we got the taste in every glass. We got the juice, Diet Slice. This is the main event of the podcast for the three in attendance locally and the millions listening around the world. Ladies and gentlemen, it's time! I have been on a quest the last few weeks to try and make LaunchBox one of my favorite things to use. (laughs) Yeah. And I'm still on that quest. This week, I just want to talk briefly to our listeners and see if I can get some help. Okay. I'm using LaunchBox with the RetroArch little thing for my NES emulation. Mm-hmm. And this week, I'm like, I want to play Arch Rivals. You guys remember that game mm-hmm. from the arcade? Absolutely. The basketball punch them in the face kind of thing? Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, mm-hmm. they had a version of it, a port on the NES, apparently. And I'm like, I want to see if that sucks or not. That looks fun. I loaded it up. Launch is great. I went to turn on my little Xbox Bluetooth controller and some of the buttons seem to have multiple functions. Like my A button seems to be part of the playing of the game, but also calls up the menu. So when I press it, Ah, it mm-hmm. called up the menu, but then when I backed out, something had happened in the game. And oh, so RetroArch. I went in and I dug in. There are like four <laughs> different places in RetroArch yeah. to configure the controls for the whole thing or the game only or the emulator that RetroArch is using at that point. And I am just confused as shit at this point as to what does what. <laughs> Every time I go in and remap the buttons and stuff, I seem to make it worse. I've reset back to original configurations <laughs> two or three times. I just can't get 
get it to work. I was going to do a live stream this weekend with, <laughs> you know, launchbox stuff, but I don't want to do a live stream where I break everything. Nobody's going to want to see that. <laughs> You're debugging the whole time. You want to look competent <laughs> at the live stream, right? <laughs> you know, you were just talking last week about how great launchbox is, but this is not mm-hmm. something that it's able to hold your hand through necessarily. Cause once you get into retro arch, that's where the problem is. Is that what you're running into? That's what it feels like. Uh, like I okay. know Launchbox has a controller set up for it. Okay. And I think maybe it can use its controller set up inside of RetroArch, but I've looked on their tutorials and there's nothing really helpful because it's older than their Launchboxes like we talked about last old, time. So just not I've looked yet. at some other videos, but they all seem to make the assumption that if you're using RetroArch, you know what the fuck you're doing, <laughs> which is not at <laughs> all the case right. for me. Not always the case. Yeah. Yeah. So right. I, I just need some help. Hopefully Hopefully somebody listening out there can point me in the direction of a YouTube video or a FAQ somewhere or something that can get me back on track. And then we can do that uh, Launchbox live stream at go. some point. So. <laughs> Fourth listener to the rescue. Yep. <laughs> we have a smart audience. I'm sure somebody. I know we do. Yeah, I yeah. know we do. We attract only the smartest of audiences. And we're talking about you. <laughs> yeah, because they like making fun of dumb people like me. So <laughs> I, I wasn't going to say that part, but thank you. Yeah. You know, just put it out there. Get it out of the way before anybody <laughs> right. else. You know what? <laughs> I'm going to own it. I'm taking it before somebody can get it to right. me. I'm doing it. Yeah, that's fair. John, the thing that's on your on the list here for you mm. is that a front end as well because launchbox seems to be my favorite thing right now but yeah, what is that? I don't, it says front end is that what it is <laughs> uh, so kinda so what i want to talk about was something that was actually i was turned on to by one of our followers over on our discord server that's genxgrownup.com slash discord where we all hang Uh-oh. out <laughs> look see i did it i learned from jordan <laughs> Uh, actually, Aaron over there, Captain Kiwi, okay. had hooked me up. He's a huge Donkey Kong fan. I mean, he's a bigger Berserk mm-hmm. fan, but he loves Donkey Kong. And he said to me, hey, surely you know about this thing called D-Cafe. And I'm like, never heard of it. What is it? Ooh. So he sent me a link. So you might have heard that I am a casual fan of Donkey Kong. Yeah, he <laughs> <Yeah>. dabbled. <laughs> and, you know, and you guys have made fun of me. We walk into the Southern Fried Gaming Expo and there's 8,000 games to play. And I go right to Donkey Kong, the one thing that <laughs> yep. I played every mm-hmm. every place we go, just because I'm so familiar with it. I know it so well. And I just, I find joy playing it. Sure. Uh, but you, I remember we also really enjoyed, remember there was like this Donkey Kong remix that someone had done. It was a, an add-on for your actual Donkey Kong board that added some different levels and stuff. It was mm-hmm. a really interesting thing. So I was intrigued by what you could can do with this now 40-year-old game when you kind of tweak it. Well, there's a huge community of people that homebrew authors who are taking and hacking the Donkey Kong ROM into all kinds of crazy ways. Okay. So this is kind of a front end, George. Effectively, it's called D-Cafe. It's D-K-A-F-E, like a gathering place, like a cafe for Donkey Kong. Okay. You download mm-hmm. this thing. You add to it a single ROM set, the Donkey Kong USA ROM set, just the mm-hmm. one ROM set. You drop it in. Okay. When you run this front end effectively, it applies patches, all the different homebrew patches that have tweaked and modified the gameplay of Donkey Kong and presents it in a unified experience where you have to earn coins in one game to unlock the next game, to unlock the next game. And they're all variants of Donkey Kong. And I couldn't list them all. There's like 40 or 50, but there's one okay. called Galakong that's kind of a <laughs> Galaga and Donkey Kong mashup. There's one called Springs Only where you're only, you just keep doing the uh, the elevators over and over oh, and getting wow. harder and harder. There's one called Crazy Barrels. There's one called Half Kong. There's one called Doctor Who and the Daleks. All these weird, there's one where lava <laughs> is rising. If you don't finish the board in time, you'll cook. I mean, all these nutty uh, 
play ah, is they've oh, tweaked it, and it's all in one interface. You can play, you can jump in, you can jump out, and earning coins to unlock the next one and the next one to play with Donkey Kong. Oh, so basically, you don't get all those at once. Like you get you to don't. play, you have to right. you have to play right. one, then you have to earn right. to play the other. Oh, ones. so they oh, oh you unlock them. D Cafe has them all there. You have to unlock them by playing and getting, and oh. they have tiers. Like you know, third place, second place, first place. You earn different coins, and when you earn them, literally, you come back to the main screen that looks like the main screen of Donkey Kong, but littered with little arcade cabinets. And Donkey Kong throws not barrels, coins at you, which you run around and catch. <laughs> On the, <laughs> they made it like a meta game around it. Uh, it, it. Look, it's drop dead easy. If you could find one ROM online, the dkong.zip, you drop it in the folder with this dcafe you download, and you have hours of playing around huh. with the mechanics of Donkey Kong in effectively slightly or dramatically different types of games using the same characters and sprite set. There nice. It is. Free. Wow. Free. free. It's even better. Why wouldn't you? The one that you mentioned about the lava mm-hmm. rising up, as soon as you were talking about it, mm-hmm. it reminded me of the one level of Joust oh, where yes. the lava yes. is slowly yeah. coming up yep. on the level. Mm-hmm. Look, there's no new ideas under the sun. They're taking ideas oh, from sure. lots of other games and they're mishing them in. But to have them as I'm running around girders dodging barrels and you know Galaga's shooting at me. I mean, whatever crazy things are <laughs> happening, it's just really intriguing. And if you're an arcade fan at all or a Donkey Kong fan in particular, go grab this. Mo, show note, throw Absolutely. it down there for people. You'll have to find the, the Donkey Kong ROM on your own. That's yes, not so hard, tough. Yeah. Just do a search. You'll find it. Yeah. So D-Cafe, I recommend it. It's, it's free. Nice. Go play it. Mo, what about you? What have you been playing in games? <laughs> so this isn't a game. This is more like a, how should I put this? I'm blaming you, John, basically, is what it comes down to. Because <laughs> How should I put this? <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's no... I'm going to put this. It's your I'm damn fault. I'm going to around the bush here. <laughs> okay. Because what, what did I do this time? You made me feel like a pretentious ass, and let me tell you why. Because <laughs> when I was a kid... I didn't do that. Wait, That's all you really did. John <laughs> made you feel that way? Yeah, Or that did. was already inside you? Maybe. Maybe he brought it out. I don't know which. I brought it out. <laughs> that might be it. So when I was a kid, you know, we played with regular playing cards all the time, like we all did, right? And I had yeah, you know, the okay. bicycle, the bee, you know, the ones yeah. and they would get mm-hmm. dog-eared and messed up and that was just part of cards right mm-hmm. then i met john and then he's like oh <laughs> no you can't use those commoners ba- you know cards you know paper <laughs> cards with wax paper are you a ca- caveman oh God, you know he's like here i got 30 sets of these copac cards <laughs> that you know and he said that they're so much better so now basically what it came down to is that someone came by and said hey let's play cards i couldn't find my copac cards i found okay. another set of cheaper cards and i mm-hmm. couldn't do it i was like no i can't <laughs> I can't. I, I, I need to get the better cards. You found that you just couldn't slum around with the paper cards. It's, it's like, oh, you're shuffling them. It just felt bad. And yeah. oh, I was like, oh, this is horrible. <laughs> so I went to Amazon. I said, can I get Copac? Actually, they're not even expensive. They're like eight bucks for a pack. Yeah, they're not bad. Of cards. They're not expensive. And I got those in. Now I feel much better. But I was sitting there. As I was doing this, I'm like, oh, my God. This is such a first world problem. <laughs> <laughs> now, we, we keep talking about the Copac cards and the paper cards. Just in case someone has never experienced it, can you describe like what's different about these plastic yeah. copag cards versus your you uh, know bicycle papers? Oh, yeah. Well, one they're plastic, so mm-hmm. if something spills on them, you can literally wipe them off and clean them, which is huge because yeah. you know the regular old paper cards eventually you know, they would just get messed up. They don't really get like dog-eared, like the corners and stuff don't get really dog-eared, mm-hmm. and you can bend these things almost in half, let them go, and they come back to their shape, yeah. mm-hmm. which is all pretty amazing stuff. I understand how you got spoiled. I did. I do get it. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so Mo, um, this is not John's fault. Oh, no? Yes, I know, I know. Oh, wait a minute, wait a minute. There's more to this. You want to tell it or shall I? Do do it, George. (laughs) Do the honors. I'm already owning stupid shit in this podcast. Might as well own this one as well. Oh, no. Yeah, this is my fault, Mo. 
Oh, that yeah. makes more sense. See, George infected me, <laughs> and you just caught it oh. secondhand. So patient yeah. zero is actually George. <laughs> so, John, were you similar that you were just using regular old cards, and then this guy came along, and you're like, what is wrong with well, you? And- yeah, it wasn't like a back alley where it's like, hey. Your first <laughs> no, first card's free. No, it was well. He came over and shamed me. It was like, oh, I see you're you're using these stupid paper cards. I brought some of these professional plastic cards from where I work at the poker room. Just you know, first one's so free, pal. I was Try tell it, out. it, but now you took it over and told it anyway. God damn it! <laughs> now, so he's right though. It, so it was when I was dealing at the poker room at the dog track. Mm-hmm. I don't know, fifteen years ago, maybe a lot longer. Maybe more. And Copag was the brand that we used. Now we used, I'm sorry, we didn't use Copag. Copag was the brand we could get later. Mm-hmm. The okay. first brand we used was a company called Kim. Right. K-E-M. K-E-M. Right. And they were German based and they were the gold standard in poker rooms around the world because they were the plastic cards like you're describing, Mo, they mm-hmm. were super high quality, better than any other plastic cards that were out there because plastic cards are nothing new under the sun. They've been around for 50 years at this point. But Kim went out of business. And so the poker room that I worked at got one of the last boxes or cases of oh, Kim wow. cards that you could get in North America. I have like two or three of those original German cards still at the house, and I I won't give them to anybody. They're mine. That's it. But Copag started coming around and upping their quality right around that time to the point Mm -hmm. where you just now got this. I think it's a Copag Elite set you have Mm -hmm. linked here. Yeah. They're now the new gold standard. Even though there is a Kim playing card out there, it's made by the bicycle playing card company, the same Uh, one you used to use mm -hmm. with the little paper cards. Right. They're not nearly as good as these Copag cards, which is an independent company. Oh, they are good. So now you know where the infection began. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) But honestly, though, they are just so much. It's worth it. Yeah. <laughs> and not that much more expensive, honestly. No, Have you, said eight, it was eight bucks you a go pack. to Walgreens and buy cards, they're like four or five bucks a deck. Yep. I couldn't believe it. And, and now you can buy bicycle cards, four or five dollars yeah, now? Yeah. They used to be a buck. At Walgreens. Yeah. Now, maybe if you order them online or something, but I was on vacation and just like, hey, maybe you want to play some cards. I didn't have any. It was like four or five dollars a deck. It was bananas. I couldn't believe it. No, yeah. that's the thing. Like at our grocery store and at every gas station, you would stop. They would have a little oh, rack yeah. of playing I mean, cards right up front, and they were yeah. always a dollar. You know, a whole deck. Here's a dollar. And so my dad, when he would have his home games, would go and like buy 10 decks of paper cards because, <laughs> Mo, you're talking about the bins and the mm-hmm. folds and everything. For years, card sharps, that's how they would mark the cards <laughs> to get mm-hmm. a leg up Makes in sense. any game. And you'd have to swap out the deck. You know, a lot can happen in seven minutes. And luckily, that's how long it takes me to tell a story. My name is Aaron Calafato, and I'm the creator of 7-Minute Stories. I'm proud to partner with Evergreen Podcasts. And I'd like to invite you to join me on this journey. I'm going to take you on some crazy roller coaster rides using my unique extemporaneous storytelling style. And together, we're going to try to make sense of the world, all through the art of storytelling and all in approximately seven minutes. If you're a diehard Gen X grown up, you can pledge your support by clicking join on YouTube or by becoming a patron at genxgrownup.com Patreon. Some things in life are inspirational, like the flavors of Hanson soda. Share a taste of life with me.
before we leave you, we always like to take a few minutes here toward the end of the show. We've talked about what we've been doing, but now we're going to talk about the things we're looking at or looking forward to between now and the next time we get together. And Mo, I would like to start with you. What do you have on the horizon? I'm um, sure. I mean, it's actually, there's a whole bunch of stuff coming out now, but mm-hmm. Carnival Road, I don't know if you saw that one in Prime. It was a season mm-hmm. show that mm-hmm. came out uh, over, well, actually two years ago, but they finally came out with the second season. It's like a weird show. It's like, there's a carnival, but they're like supernatural creatures and a whole bunch of stuff. And it's kind of like a yeah. darker sort of fantasy okay. sort of thing. It's pretty decent. Um, so I'm definitely looking forward to the second season that. It's going to be on Prime. It's coming out February 17th. So right, right after oh, okay. recording this. So it should be okay. on any day now. Right. My second and third choice, I wasn't sure which to put where. And you'll when I describe them, you'll see why. There's okay. a new show coming, The Reluctant Traveler. It's a travel show. You know, we've seen the travel shows, right? Right. Eugene Levy is the host. He's the guy traveling. Ah. And he doesn't want to be traveling? Is that the he's reluctant not, part? He's not a good traveler. Oh. <laughs> it's a not, It's just a just a travel show. It's not like a comedy or sick. It's just like a real travel show okay. where he's yeah. going to these exotic places. He says this, I am a horrible traveler. It's like what he says. And just knowing his humor and who he is, I just think that's going to be just a funny, super entertaining show. Love, you know, just love fact that yeah. him. I can see that. And that's coming on Apple February 24th. So you get it on Apple oh, TV. Cool. So, so my third one, though, my one is History of the World Part 2. Coming on oh, Hulu, yeah. March 6th. Wow. It's a spinoff. I don't know what the right word is from the History of the World Part 1. Well, it's, a, it's the sequel. The it's name means it better be a fucking sequel. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so I just saw the trailer for it. Um, Mel Brooks is involved in it, of course. He's mm-hmm. in it, of course. Uh, Wanda Sykes, Johnny Knoxville. I mean, oh, they got everybody under the sun that you could think of to play parts in this. And if it's like the first one, I just have I haven't seen that style of comedy in mm-hmm. a really long time. And so I'm just really looking forward to it again just seeing mel brooks's just irreverent take on things and i think it's going to be a great show when i saw the trailer and all the people in it yeah what it tells me is when mel brooks calls everybody says yes yeah like mm. everyone is in it yeah, <laughs> yeah. And, and with little everybody. parts tiny parts right it, yeah it looks amazing i can't wait <laughs> when is this one coming out mo uh, it's coming out march 6 ah, on hulu okay all right so on ragged hulu. edge far in. yep okay. ragged edge yep nice <laughs> so how about you john what are you looking forward to uh a few things a few things uh one is on march 1st on cbs there's a new series based on the Schwarzenegger film True Lies. Now, oh, he's not involved, oh but it's about basically a, a guy and, and a woman who you know, one is a secret agent. I, look, I haven't seen a trailer for it, but the fact that it's based on True Lies, a film that I love and I can rewatch oh, yeah. anytime, I'm on yeah, board yeah, yeah. at least for the pilot to see what it's like. Uh, the next thing is I don't like reality shows. Hate them, hate them, hate them. Unless you're called Survivor. <laughs> Except <laughs> there's one that I like. And Survivor season 42 is wow. also also on CBS. Also March 1st is starting up again. Jeez. That show, like, I wish I could be on it. I wish I could work on the crew. I wish I could sweep up after the guys that do work on the crew. I think it's an <laughs> wow. amazing production, especially coming from a television background. And I can't help but watch the production values of it. I'm like, mm. they're doing crazy, awesome stuff here. This For a reality show, I, I love it. So it's starting See, up again. That's a show right there that makes me wish in this country we use the term series instead of seasons because they haven't had 42 fucking seasons. It hasn't been on for 42 years in the no, American right. traditional they sense. They have two right, series right. per year, so but it has been exactly. on for 20 years. Yeah, exactly. Well, yeah, yeah, they I do like a spring and then a fall, basically, or something. But yeah, so on board. Right? I've never missed a single episode of that show ever, and I'm not going to start <laughs> now. So <laughs> uh, The thing I'm most looking forward to, though, and somebody hold George down so he doesn't explode. Uh oh. There's okay. a new video game being released called Atomic Heart. It's coming out on PC, consoles, everything, February 20th. 
Earth. Okay. This, the shorthand uh-huh. for this game, it has been described as the Russian Bioshock. Oh. Oh. It's Ooh. full of splicery kind of crazy people. There's something weird in your hand where you can shoot. I mean, basically plasmids. There's mysterious overlords controlling things. Ooh. Everybody says it's not exactly Bioshock. Don't super compare it. But everything you read says there's this and this and this. Effectively, this is Bioshock, a, a spiritual successor made by these Russian developers. Uh, the native huh. language of the game is Russian, uh, but you can play it in English or anything. And I've been looking forward to this thing for so long. Every trailer I see is more confusing and looks more Bioshocky every time I see it. Huh. And for a guy who is unemployed and does not have an income, <laughs> this is the first game that I'm seriously considering spending some of my discretionary fund to buy a game on day one. Didn't wow. think I would say that until today. I haven't Holy done cow. it yet, but it's tempting mm. me. Right around wow. the corner. Yeah. So Atomic Heart, keep an eye mm. on this one. Maybe if we get it. See, George? I know. He's he's over there going, mm. I, I know. He's chomping at the bit. Well, so. I, so many things are through my head right now. Like, fuck, I don't want anybody to try to do Bioshock because yeah. you're going to fuck it up. Yeah, but I, then I'm, at the same time, you. I really want another Bioshock. Yeah, you want more <laughs> yeah. of that. I know. Exactly. Yeah. Right. It's, it, look, they did the self-proclaim that's what we are. But you know how people like Metroidvania is a type of mm-hmm. game that yeah. people say it's like Metroid and, you know, maybe a Bioshock style game. Maybe that's going to be a thing. Maybe that's an adjective, a descriptor, a new genre. I don't know. Maybe. That's kind of how oh, everybody man. describes this one. So I can't wait. I, I, you all not get my hopes up too high, but man, it looks good. So, <laughs> yeah. So, George, other than now Atomic Heart, what do you have coming up we're looking forward to? <laughs> Well, uh, first thing might help me get Atomic Heart. My birthday is March 3rd, so I'm looking forward to my birthday. Awesome. Uh, We're actually going to go out of town, down to Orlando. My wife has graciously allowed me to get some tickets for the Orlando soccer club game that happens on the Saturday, March 4th. Oh, nice. So get to go and watch another game. I've got my Jersey that I paid way too much money to a company that (laughs) shall not be named because they screwed over one of my best friends, uh, Marcus, fuck those guys. I'm with you, buddy, all the way. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I know. (laughs) Right. <laughs> Next thing I'm looking forward to, uh, I've been looking forward to for a couple of episodes now. Yes, Creed yeah. three, March third. Yeah. Finally, We're finally there. We finally finally I'm going to go see it on March fifth when I'm down in Orlando. You can no longer look forward to this after this uh, after this episode. So I'm going to look forward to it again. I'm just going to keep <laughs> looking forward to it till they Forever. come out with Creed four. Oh, uh, <laughs> I'm going to go watch it down there at uh, Disney Springs. They have a big AMC dining oh, yeah, area. Wonderful. I'm go see it down there. That is a great venue. Oh wow. Yeah. But the thing that I'm looking forward to the most comes out a couple of days before my birthday, the new season of The Mandalorian on Disney Plus, March Mm. the 1st. Mm -hmm. Yep. Yeah. I can't wait. I don't give a shit about whether I've seen too much in the trailers. I don't care if it sucks. My wife, every day almost from the time the last season ended till now, when's the next Mandalorian coming out? When's the next Mandalorian oh, coming out? Every time. <laughs> now you can tell her. March yeah. 1st. March We're 1st. Mm-hmm. You made it. <laughs> uh, it's It looks glorious. It does. The trailers. I'm hoping don't do it justice, but if they do, it's still going to be awesome. Yeah. That series just keeps getting better. I mean, the, the, mm-hmm. the, the, the writing, the shooting, the, 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 CGI they do with the big digital wall is just amazing. They do go places you never thought. It's crazy. And yeah. right now, Pedro Pascal is killing it. I mean, he's, he's on star fire. Everywhere. Yeah. He's everywhere. He's Mandalorian. He's done all these things. I mean, he was even in that second Kingsman film and people keep forgetting he was a yeah. bad guy in that film. Yep. So, mm-hmm. Yep. 
Yeah, uh, it's he's awesome. He was he was in the awesome Nicolas Cage film too, where the unbearable yeah, yeah. likeness right. of yeah. whatever he was. Yeah, yeah, whatever he was. Yeah, I you know Pascal can do no wrong right now. Everything I've seen him in, he's amazing. Yeah, mm-hmm. a lot of good stuff to look forward to between now and the next time we get together. Before we leave, I got to take a second to thank a brand new financial oh, backer, awesome. someone that headed over to Patreon, click that button, entered their card number, saying Gen X grown up, I want to help you out regularly financially. Paul K. Man, thank you so much for doing that. You've joined the ranks of some amazing people who have seen in their heart uh, to support us, help us, you know, in our goal to become sustainable, to become a long-term viable entity and not just be a hobby. And Paul, you're part of making that happen right now. Thank you for that. If you'd like to join Paul, head over to genxgrownup.com slash Patreon for as little as a dollar a month. You can join those ranks and make it happen as well. That is going to wrap it up for this edition of this show. Don't worry. We'll be back in two weeks with another one. No need to be upset. But (laughs) next week, as you know, is our backtrack where we pick a single nostalgic topic and dig in deep. Look, all three of us on every show, but it's clear that Mo and George are my sidekicks. I mean, we, that, that, that thing's pretty obvious to oh, everyone listening, right? Fuck <laughs> off. Oh, man. <laughs> well, okay. Oh. Is it? Oh. Well, ish, ish. Oh. The place mm. I'm going with this before I get lynched is <laughs> in our I'm next a, backtrack. I didn't, mean, I didn't mean to offend anyone. John, fuck off. There. Is that better? Roger direct that. it. Re- right at the Received. right person. Got it. Yes. <laughs> uh, we are talking all about Gen X era media sidekicks. Everybody talks about the hero, but sometimes there's that sidekick who's almost as important, sometimes more important or does yeah. more work, but doesn't get the glory. We're going to look at cartoons and movies and TVs, all of your favorite sidekicks that we can think of or we can fit in a single episode. You do not want to miss that one. I'll be there. My sidekicks will be there as well. And we will <laughs> love to talk to you. Oh, George, I'm not doing the next one. That's it. I'm out. <laughs> He's not going to be here. It'll be me by myself. If he tries to make Mo start going, de plane, de plane, I'm fucking out of here. <laughs> Okay, boss. (laughs) Please don't miss that one. We look forward to presenting it to you. Until then, I am John. George, thank you so much for being here. Yes, sir. Mo, you know I appreciate you. (laughs) Always fun, man. Fourth listener, it's you, though. We all appreciate most of all, and we will talk to you next time. Bye-bye. See you guys. (laughs) Take care, everybody. Gen X Grown Up is a member of the Evergreen Podcast family. Learn more at evergreenpodcasts.com. There's a huge, um, that's what I'm looking for, shit. Um, Following? A, a community, community. Community, okay. Wow. Yep. Okay. Well, I don't know how to uh, end that. <laughs> <laughs> I think we, I think we did There's somewhere. Probably in there. two or three endings. Okay. Back I think right. we're fine. Yeah, we're good. All right, we're good. I might reorganize some stuff. That's all good. Hello, and welcome to Novel Conversations, a podcast about the world's greatest stories. I'm your host, Frank Lavallo, and for each episode of Novel Conversations, I talk to two readers about one book. And together, we summarize the story for you. We introduce you to the characters, we tell you what happens to them, and we read from the book along the way. So if you love hearing a good story, you're in the right place. Our ninth season is coming this fall. Tune in to hear from some of the all-time great authors, Charles Dickens, Jules Verne, F. Scott Fitzgerald, and more. Subscribe to Novel Conversations wherever you listen to podcasts.